This is New York firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Every day, a part of every sub you buy at Firehouse Subs helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. And now, for a limited time, they're introducing the Daily Sub Special. Every day, get a medium sub of the day for just $5.55. They kick it off with Meatball Monday and finish it off with Italian Sunday with something delicious every day in between for just $5.55. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Tap the banner now to learn more. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Hey, we're back. Hi, everybody. I, I, I'm waiting for a hi, Dr. Nick, from somebody here. And upon <laughs> reference, I want to welcome everyone into the, into the 205 Live and Mixed Match Challenge review. I almost said SmackDown Live. I have had like three hours of sleep today. Deal with it. Greetings, everyone. Afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. My name is Harry Broad. The SmackDown. SmackDown Live, 205 Live, and Mixed Match Challenge Reviews. You know what? I'm just going to go with it. Joining me now, as per usual, Brandon Biscabing. Hey. You know what? You want to try your hand at hosting this? Because clearly I'm not up to snuff for this one. If you want (laughs) me to take over, I certainly can. As this is the 205 Live and Mixed Match Challenge reviews for January 30th, 2018. Let's first hit 205 Live, and then we will get into the Mixed Match Challenge match here. But if you're interested in more content from the W2M Network, by all means, visit us online at W2Mnet.com. All right, let's get to the show, shall we? So, of all songs to start off our 205 Live viewing experience this week, it's Rise of the Valkyrie. That's not a cruiserweight theme song. Daniel oh, yes, Bryan is. is the new Jeep. Oh, wait. Nope. Never mind. Daniel <laughs> Bryan walks out with a very scrawny-looking British man. A very familiar-looking scrawny British man. A very familiar-looking scrawny British man with a stupid new name. <laughs> Daniel Bryan announces that the new general manager for 205 Live is Mr. Drake Maverick. Now, for everybody listening at home, for everybody listening at home that did not get a chance to watch the show, you're listening to this because either you don't care about 205 Live enough to watch, but you want to know what happens, or if you're curious about the whole GM thing, in a previous life, Drake Maverick was known as... Formerly known as Rockstar Spud. Who would we did be called formerly known as Rockstar Spud? Uh, I think that's trademarked, Brandon. Yeah. Who, when we did our predictions last week for the new 205 Live general manager, I had completely forgotten had signed with the WWE. 
Well, I was, with the way everyone was talking when he had signed, I was expecting him to actually be a competitor. I was not expecting him to become the GM, so that's why I did not mention him. See, I think that he will still see him as a competitor down the road, though. Potentially. Anywho, you, we were talking about this off the air, and I, I wanted to get let you re- give your thoughts on this while we were on air here. They made the reveal for the general manager as about as counterproductive as possible here. How did they reveal the general manager, Brandon? Yeah, they made this as anticlimactic as they possibly can because, for some reason, Daniel Bryan comes out with Rockstar Spud at his side. He does not have him stay in the back, and then his music hit. He does not have any sort of, you know, build to it. I mean, the only even semi... even The only explanation that I can think of is that they didn't want... I mean, Ni- Nigel McGuinness does mention it. Um, just, I think... Mostly because of the Philly crowd chanting Rockstar Spud. It's actually, I, it's actually Vic Joseph that mentions it, but continue. Okay. Um, but the only way that I can think that the reasoning for why they did this was because they were changing his name. And thus they didn't want them to say... And the new or the new 205 Live general manager is Drake Maverick. And, you know, there are crickets in Philadelphia because no one knows who the hell that is. Yes, um, let's, let's save the crickets for the actual 205 Live matches. Aw, too soon. Uh, actually, not true in this, uh, in this edition. No, we'll get, which we'll get to tonight's later. Matter. We'll get to tonight's matches here shortly. I do want to get your thoughts on Rockstar Spud, Drake Maverick, whatever you want to call him as the pick. I mean, I'm okay with it. Like I mentioned last week, I was hoping it would be someone who is a cruiserweight. um, So he understands how these guys are and, you know, what they have to go through to become a a hit. Um, You know... I think he can bring some legitimacy to the division, which, you know, um, with the exception, at least on a, you know, Enzo more on a casual level, but with the exception of, you know, Ibushi and ZSJ in the Cruiserweight Classic, none of the other guys, and and now you could say uh, Itami on 205, but none of the other guys were really that big of stars. Um, you know, yes, Brian Kendrick was in WWE in the past, in the mid-2000s, but didn't really do a ton and was quickly forgotten. So, you know, no one really made people think, oh, this is going to be special, this is going to be awesome. Um, a lot of the guys in the Cruiserweight Classic and then subsequently in 205 Live were lower-end guys in the indies who, you know, didn't really get that much hype. So, but Rockstar Spud, especially for those who knew him from his days in Bryn, um, you know, he's a guy that has 
some name recognition, especially amongst the smarkier crowds. Um, and this was the perfect opportunity to introduce him in Philly, in a crowd that would know who he is, and that can give them some some legitimacy. What ends up happening is Rockstar Spud announces that we're going to have a tournament for the vacant Cruiserweight Championship, because who doesn't love tournaments? Which I'm perfectly fine with, because it brings us back, especially the fans who have been with 205 since the beginning. It brings us back to thinking of the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, the one thing I wish they would have kept, I didn't notice, like I wasn't fully paying attention to the beginning of the matches. Maybe I missed it. But um, they didn't do handshakes or anything or the, you know, the traditional yeah. opening match stuff, did they? Well, technically there was a handshake in the opening contest, but it wasn't referee mandated. There was no code of honor followed, if that's what you're asking. Yes, that's exactly what I'm asking. I wish they would have. I wish they would have added that back in like they had in the Cruiserweight Classic. And Maverick, Spud, it's going to be really hard for me to call him Drake Maverick. I hope you guys bear with me. There will be times where I call him Rockstar Spud just because that is what I know him best as. We're all going to be calling him Rockstar Spud for the next, like, month or so. That being said, Maverick announces that the tournament starts tonight with two matches. And the big breaking news that he has is that the winner of the tournament will be decided at WrestleMania. What he fails to mention is it will probably be on the pre-show. Probably, but I don't know. How many weeks is it until Mania? Seven. So, okay. Four, four, eight. No, the timing works out. Okay. Four four weeks of first-round matches, because you have eight first-round matches for 16 participants. Yeah. Well, two weeks of quarterfinals. No, they they huh? did two this week. Yeah. They did four, two this week. Yes, which means that's four people. Four times oh, four is 16, yeah, Brandon. So four, okay. Yeah, got it. Now. Four weeks of first-round matches. Two weeks of quarterfinal matches, one week of semifinals. There's your seven weeks, the finals okay. at WrestleMania. Yep. Anywho, and the two matches that uh, Maverick announces for tonight are Cedric Alexander versus Grand Matalik, and the winner of the original Cruiserweight Classic, TJP, then known as TJ Perkins, taking on the 205 Live second match of... Tyler Bate, Tyler, Tyler Bate, tie, tie, to tie, tie, to Tyler, Tyler Bate. I was very disappointed that that did not happen during the. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, All I right. mean, this is a UK, this is in a UK crowd, so. No, but they did it for the NXT at the NXT tapings too. So don't give me that. And it's a Philadelphia yeah. crowd, and those guys are, are allegedly wrestling I'll, smart. I'll give you I, that. I'll use the words allegedly here and apologies, not really, to our fans listening in Philadelphia. Moving on. Our opening contest is <laughs> Cedric Alexander and Grand Metalik. Alexander ends up picking up the win here. Lumbar check at about nine and a half minutes, taking out Metalik. Are you surprised that they went with this as a first round matchup going babyface, babyface to open the tournament? No, absolutely not. Because I think this is going back to 
what we talked about last week of, you know, them trying to, in the post-Enzo era, trying to go back to the more purely athletic-based matches where alignment doesn't really matter, and they just want, you know, the crowd just wants to see a good match. And they got the uh, desired results because you actually... I think for the first time in 205 Live history, you got a 205 chant going. Well, you got that going towards the start of the match, not necessarily towards the end. I thought it was like towards the middle of the match, if I remember correctly. I want to say it was towards the beginning of the contest. But anyway, what I do want to talk about for this match here is the fact that they do have Cedric move on here. Are you surprised that Metalik goes out in the first round? Because this is a guy who was a finalist in the original Cruiserweight Classic. I'm surprised just in the sense that you would have thought they would have booked him to go further just for that history alone. Um, But considering who he was facing off against in the first round match, I'm not surprised whatsoever. No, I definitely think that the fans are much more behind Cedric than they are behind Metalik, especially after, like we talked about last week here on the 205 Live Reviews, Cedric's performance against Mustafa Ali. Mm-hmm. We'll get to Mustafa in a second. Backstage, Drake Maverick is talking to a production assistant when Drew Gulak shows up and steals the show once again. <laughs> Could Gulak have been any more insincere while he was speaking there? I don't think it's possible, but it was fantastic. It's your prototypical Drew Gulak. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Spud looking at the flowers and then handing them to the production assistant was pretty funny as well. That was great. He's like, what am I going to do with this? Oh, I'll give them to you. Here you go. Thankfully, we did not get lowbrow WWE comedy of the production assistant looking at Spike with a forlorn look in his eyes and getting this huge cheesy-ass grin on his face. We move on. Mustafa Ali talks about the Cedric Alexander match last week. Brandon and I both agreed the best match on WWE television last week. Rumble yep. started. Rumble and TakeOver start a new week of programming, just for the record. Yep. Well, we- technically... Takeover was... Yeah, well, in that case, it was the second best match in the week, but that's neither here nor there right now. We'll talk NXT more in a little bit. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. Anyway, Mustafa Ali talked about the fact that he really enjoyed the crowd getting super involved in the match until he lost. He says that he's excited for the tournament, but will now show that not only is he there to get those kinds of reactions from the fans, he's also here to win matches and become the new 205 Live Cruiserweight Champion at WrestleMania on the pre-show. <coughs> Sorry. Old habits die hard. Hey, Mitt, hey, I mean, it's highly, highly, highly unlikely, but maybe if, uh, if, Spud is able to uh, get the fans behind them. Maybe they actually get pushed up. Or if WrestleMania actually runs for six hours this year, maybe they get in during that six-hour runtime. You know we're heading that way. It's already no, it'll be the same as it was last year, where it'll be five-hour runtime with a two-hour pre-show. I, I don't know how much longer I can do these seven-hour pay-per-views. I'm getting old. 
All right. Anyway, TJP's interviewed backstage by I think that was Dasha Fuente. I'm not entirely sure. I can't tell her and Kayla Braxton apart. We've had this conversation before. TJP reminds us that he won the Cruiserweight Classic. Drake Maverick shows up and then says that the Cruiserweight Classic was a long time ago and questions whether or not we're going to get the TJP that won the Cruiserweight Classic or if we're going to get the TJP that whines, complains, moans and bitches about the fact that he hasn't won a match. He's won one match since he came back to the show in January. Our main event scheduled for one fall. One fall. Is the first ever UK champion, Tyler Bate, taking on the first ever cruiserweight champion, TJP. You know, actually, I'm okay with this here. And the reason I say that is I think that since the WWE UK show is kind of a pipe dream at this point, having some of those UK talents that you signed competing in the 205 Live division, specifically if they're already in the United States, such as was the case for Bate, because I believe he did the he worked the NXT television show that was taped from um, the Wells Fargo before TakeOver. How yeah, I think he had another contenders match. Having them working in the 205 Live division right now would not be the worst idea to A, keep an eye on the WWE UK product, and B, get more eyes on the 205 Live product because of the fact that the WWE UK CT shows went over so well. Agree or disagree? I'll agree with that. Um, I just... I feel like they need to do something with um, all the guys that they signed for the UK show. Not just the top guys, but some of the, you know, uh, lower-end guys that were in the tournament. Because I was actually looking forward to the the UK show when it was first announced. And now it's basically like they're basically just, you know, glorified NXT guys now. The match itself is actually very strong here. Uh, Tyler Bate gets to look very good in this contest, while TJP goes back to more of that TJP that we saw during the Cruiserweight Classic, wrestling a very aggressive style, but at the same time, not really straying away from what has worked for him throughout his run in the WWE by focusing on the leg. We actually see Mm -hmm. that leg play a factor in the finish as... Tyler Bate goes for the Tyler Driver 97, but TJP counters his weight, pushes Bate into the ropes, and catches him with a schoolboy on the rebound, and then holds the tights for the victory in about 14 minutes worth of television time here. I want to get your thoughts on this match, Brandon. What did you think? I mean, this was kind of interesting, and and I've talked about this before on the show, um, and, you know, um, it worked better tonight. I think in part because the fans were more into it because it was Philly um, and also because of Spud being there, um, but also because of how they handled the first match. It was a, it was one of those uh, contrasts in styles between the two matches. The Cedric Alexander match was very high-flying, very you know traditional cruiserweight match, um, whereas the TJB... TJP Tyler Bate match was more of a technical and ground based match, but it still worked and the and it seemed like the crowd was still into it. Not to mention giving TJP more of this aggressive side to his character as well is something that I think will play into this tournament as well as he starts to find that competitive instinct inside of him. And that's going to be the person that's going to give the person that knocks him out of this tournament eventually a very big rub at the hands of defeating the first ever cruiserweight tournament winner. Yeah. 
and and not only that, the fact that he has shown himself uh, to be very good in tournament situations um, that should help if he does get eliminated at some point. Whoever ends up eliminating him, uh, a big rub moving forward. We announced two matches for 205 Live next week before we go off the air. The next two first-round matches in the Cruiserweight title tournament as Team Mucha Lucha Lucha explodes when Kalisto takes on Lince Dorado. And, Brandon, I'm going to go ahead and let you announce the other one here because you were kind of surprised by the fact that they announced this the way that they did. Yeah, um, I was heavily surprised that they did not make this a bigger surprise. Um, Roderick Strong is coming to the main roster, coming to 205 Live. This, but I had to actually look it up to make sure that they were not trying to, uh, you know, bend the rules a little bit on this one, but he is under 205, um, at least for his build weight. Um... So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see not only for this situation uh, with Roderick Strong coming in and seeing how he does. It looks like, considering how they've been pushing Atami, I would assume that they're going to have him job out to Atami. Um, see, you, but, say, you, you say job out like he's going to get nothing, though. It's, it's going to be a very no, good match. No, I'm not saying he's not going to get anything, but I'm just saying I, think he's, I don't think he's going to win that match. There's no reason for him to win that match with the build that they've been doing with Atami. The only way that uh, Roderick goes over there is if Gallagher gets involved to continue the Gallagher Atami story. That that could be the case, um, but it'll be interesting to see not only whether Roderick ends up staying on 205 or then just goes back to NXT after this match, or and but also if we end up seeing any other call ups uh for this tournament, um, or if this was just kind of a one off thing because you know, they were there already. Well, actually no, this is for next week, so never mind, I take that back. Um because we got um we got Tyler Bate or yeah, we got Tyler Bate coming in this week, which was a surprise, and now we have Roderick Strong. We could potentially see, you know, either Ciampa or Gargano, or um, that would be know, an absolute Alex or black, maybe potentially. All three of those would be absolutely terrible ideas to pigeonhole them in the two hundred five live roster. I agree with that, but you know, you never know. We'll see. Scale of one to ten, Brandon. Where do you fall on this week's episode? Uh. I'll give it a I'll give it a seven. Um, you know, the matches were good. I you know, I liked how they actually got a two oh five live chant going. Um and it seemed like Cedric and Metalik got the crowd into their match. Um the the TJP versus Tyler Bate match was very solid. Um I just I like I said before when I thought about it. I understand to an extent why they did it. I just wish they would have figured out a better way of introducing Rockstar Spud uh, as the GM instead of just having him standing there at right next to Daniel Bryan. Um, 
But in, in considering they had to change his name, I get why they did. Yeah, I get where you're coming from with the the way Rockstar Spud was introduced, but at the same time, though, it was like you said earlier. It had a lot to do with the fact that they didn't want to take the chance of having Rockstar having the name of Drake Maverick being announced, and then everybody in the crowd letting out a collective. Who the fuck is that? Huh? <laughs> yeah. So I get the idea behind having Spud come out with or Drake Maverick, whatever name you want to use for him, is what dealer's choice at this point right now. But I get the idea behind having Maverick come out with Brian because they knew Brian was going to get a reaction. But at the same time, I think you set themselves up for people to maybe think that Brian was the new GM and that was just a recipe for disaster. I mean, I knew that that wasn't going to happen. I think I think most people thought that Brian was just coming out to announce whoever the the new GM was, um, and especially with Spud being next to him, um, you you knew that that was going to be who the GM was. Um, but even if he even if he came out on his own, I still think that most fans would have said, oh, this is just him coming out to announce who the new GM was. I don't think anyone anticipated him actually being the GM. Well, here's my request. Maybe Spud could have been the assistant for Nigel, because I still think Nigel would have been a great GM. Oh, yeah. But then Corey Graves would have had to start broadcasting 205 Live again, and that guy has enough on his plate. Uh, my final rating for tonight's episode of 205 Live is a 7 as well. I really enjoyed both of the matches. I thought that Drake Maverick slash Spud ended up working really well into his new backstage role. I like as a wrestler. That being said, he's not a bad wrestler either, so he's somebody that can step into the ring once the time and place calls for it in the WWE. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with the Maverick character as the GM as well as where they go with this Cruiserweight title tournament. Uh, early predictions for next week. Who you got? Uh, like I said, I'm going to go with the Tommy over, uh, over Gargana or not Gargana, excuse me, over Roderick Strong. Um, and then what's the other, I forget what the other, uh, Kalisto, oh, uh, Kalisto against Lindsay Dorado. I would love to see them give it to Dorado because I I like Dorado and he hasn't been used hardly ever since. Like I actually do think they are, I actually do think they are going to have Lindsay go over Kalisto and have that kind of tease a riff in Team Mucha Lucha. I mean, I would love to see it, but I just I I still think Kalisto's going to win. Maybe I'm like I said, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but. If you're going name value, then obviously Kalisto's the bigger name to the casual WWE fan. But I feel like there's a greater story that could be told with Dorado winning this match. So I'm going to pick Lindsay. I agree with you that it's Tommy. I'm just glad that we see Dorado back on our screens after him not being around since like last October. I agree with you on the Atami over Roderick Strong thing. I think that Gallagher will eventually be the reason that Atami gets eliminated. I don't think it'll be in the first round. Mm-hmm. One word review, Brandon. Um, can I go first? Because I, I think I have the yeah. perfect word. Progress. Mm-hmm. 
This is a strong step forward for 205 Live. We finally establish what we're doing with the title picture. We get a figurehead for the division that can appear on both Monday Night Raw and on 205 itself. And it's somebody that can play off of the other characters on the roster as both a former cruiserweight wrestler himself and as somebody who has experience in a management position, albeit in a different company. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go. They set the table for something good going forward. Let's see how they follow up. Can, can I use two words tonight? Which actually, I, if I remember correctly, it, it fits uh, Spud considering he was in this company before. You're you're pushing your luck, Biscabing. <laughs> new beginning. When did Spud work for New Japan? Oh, okay, he didn't. Okay, never mind. How about this? How about one word and relaunch? <laughs> and now yeah. we. And now we cover the mixed match challenge as it is the team of Team Little Big, Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman taking on Team Ginger Snaps, Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch. We kind of talked about this towards the end of the two, of the SmackDown Live. Now I'm calling SmackDown 205 after calling 205 SmackDown. I need to get my tired ass to bed, so let's get through this. Yeah, you get a good night's sleep tonight. We kind of questioned why they had Sammy in the main event of SmackDown, knowing that he was working the Mixed Match Challenge match here. And then we found out why, because Becky and Alexa worked most of this match here. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall thoughts on the match, overall thoughts on the interactions of the two teams here, and what, are, what do you think about the fact that Alexa and Strowman are moving on to the next round? I mean, the fact that Alexa Stro- and Strowman are moving on is no surprise whatsoever to me. No, um, not at all. I think, yeah, I think everyone that had any inkling of what was going on knew that that was exactly what was going to happen. Um, I mean, in terms of the overall interactions, you know, it was, I mean, some of the interactions were kind of interesting. Um, I liked the finish with uh, Strowman tossing Alexa off the top rope. Um. Well, technically, that was actually Alexa hitting Twisted Bliss off of Strowman's shoulders. Oh, right. Okay, it was her jumping off of his shoulders. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he kind of held her, but I guess not. Um, there's only there's only so much he can do when he has to stand there as the base, though. Yeah. Um, and then. But um, the one thing that was kind of weird, and I mean, I was kind of, like, I wasn't fully paying attention to this entirely, but it seemed like there there was one part where um, Sam, um, Sammy tags out to Alexa, and then, or to uh, Becky, and then suddenly uh, Becky was, like, back in the ring, like, a few seconds later. And I didn't see a tag. Uh, when when Becky got into the ring after Sammy tagged out and Sammy stepped onto the apron, Sammy blind tagged in off of Becky once she stepped into the ring and tried to take advantage on Strowman. Oh, okay. Then that was just Sammy being stupid. That was Sammy attempting to get Braun while he wasn't expecting it and then getting murdered. Yeah, precisely. Uh, but, I mean, it... It's what you expected in this match, considering who was in it. Um, 
But can I, can I just state that Braun and Alexa have very scary chemistry? Yeah. Like those two work well together and I don't know why. Well, but see that's the thing about this just purely on a, you know, thinking about it on a storyline level, a lot of these teams just do not make sense. With I think only what like two or three exceptions, all of these teams are face heel combinations. Uh, then, I mean, I'd have to look at the full bracket. I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, neither do I. I just know, like, I know, um, Balor and Sasha are both faces. Uh, Jimmy and, or, is it Jimmy or Jay who's married to Naomi? I forget. It's Jimmy. Okay, that's what I thought. Jimmy and Naomi, you know, are both faces. And Lana and Rusev are both heels. So though I think those are the only three that are actually you know Tec- in technically line. speaking, Charlotte and Bobby Roode are both baby faces as well. Oh yes, okay, you're right. So so four, but Theor- theoretically, uh, Miz and Oscar are both heels. Technically, Oscar doesn't really have a, de- de- a definition, but I would those two. While, yes, theor- theoretically, you could say Asuka could potentially be a heel, she's not the same type of heel, especially not now on the main roster as Miz, where that's... she's willing to fight people, whereas Miz is not. No, that's a fair that's a fair assessment of that situation there. Um, Alexa mentioning the fact that she wants to go all the way with Braun made me chuckle probably more than it should have. <laughs> the fans immediately jumped on that sentiment until Alexa corrected herself and said that she wanted to go all the way with Braun in the tournament. I do find this to be somewhat ironic given the fact that Ale- uh, that Braun Strowman is dating Alexa's storyline best friend. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So I mean, there's that added as a nice little touch too that you could play off of with her and with her and Naya going down the road too. <laughs> that see, but see, that's the thing. Like something like that, you can actually use as you know storyline fodder. Um, but a lot of this, while yes, it's an innovative concept, but not really like. Not only do the matches just feel kind of meh because, you know, every tag just suddenly makes the whole thing just stop dead in, dead in its tracks and you can't really get any momentum going. Um, but also, it just feels like this is just kind of like a fun little tag team, like a fun little tournament that they're doing, you know, for charity and just as a... T- as a testing ground for uh, Facebook. It doesn't, you know, if you're just simply focused on, you know, the storyline aspects of matches or of WWE and you don't care about, you know, it, it, it's kind of ironic because I'm not sure exactly who is watching these kind of, these matches because in terms of the way it's presented, 
it would you would think it's you know a smarks dream because you know they're you know it's just purely the matches there's no storylines behind it there's no why or where for the or you know there there's no rhyme or reason for these matches um yet in terms of the way they're executed, they're very clunky, so I'm sure the the fan, or I'm sure, like, the smarkier fans don't like that. So, you know, I'd be interested to see, you know, where a lot of these fans that are ending up watching these, you know, fall in terms of what they're, you know, feeling on WWE. Apologies for the audio issues over there for a second. Um... Like, I, I agree with that to an extent. This definitely seems much more tongue-in-cheek than traditional WWE programming does. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that that's probably a good thing because it allows it to have that different kind of presentation. If oh, makes, I'll agree with that. It has it gives it the opportunity to present itself as something different, which allows it to be something worth watching, even if theoretically speaking, yeah, it's just one big worked tournament in order to raise money for a charity or whatever. I've been entertained by the concept of the tournament here. Uh, none of the matches have been great, but they've all been at least f- entertaining. Of the three of them, I think we can agree that the one last week was probably the worst of the three. Mm-hmm. But that has something to do with the fact that... Not to mention the... Uh, was it Mike Kyoto who was the ref? Yeah, announcing so everybody could hear that Asuka was going over. I mean, not I, like anyone expected anything otherwise. I mean, that's that's the thing about... I mean. As we get further into the tournament, it will become less obvious. But, like, all of these first-round matches have felt very, you know, there's a very clear-cut favorite. All right, I'm here. Sorry. Mm. Having some issues with my connectivity right now. Uh, am, am I good? Can you hear me, Brandon? Yeah. All right. Um, I think that actually wraps us up, though. So, I mean, of all yeah. times for of all times for the audio issues to strike, why not? Right. Perfect timing. Not yes. Really. And by perfect, he means absolutely not. Nope. So, Wrestling Unwrapped will return on February 11th with a review of a show to be determined because of the fact that I did both the Rumble and NXT TakeOver this past weekend with Brandon. We're not doing either of those shows. We may eventually come back and do the Rumble again down the road, but we're not going to do either of them with this week, with the return. Tomorrow's a pretty big day here on the W2M Network, especially yeah. for both of us. Why don't you go ahead and yeah. tell them what that's all about, Brandon? We've got the... Uh... Well, at least in terms of actual game uh, previews, the final edition of the kickoff for the 2017-2018 season as we get prepared for the Super Bowl. And since we didn't do a show this past week, we will also do our review of the championship games, but we'll primarily be focused on our preview and predictions for the Super Bowl 
and talking about some other news around the NFL and college football. So be sure to check that out tomorrow night. In addition, a couple other things coming to the W2 Network include Fantasy Football to the Max with Brandon and Jason Teasley. Uh, there are talks in the works for how the war was won, breaking down the Monday night war with myself and Brandon. We'll keep you guys updated as to when that's going to happen. Hopefully sometime sooner rather than later. Most likely once the kickoff goes on its off season hiatus. Yep. And yeah, make sure you tune in on Thursday for the part two of this week's episode of wrestling to the max as well as the guys break down all the news from the week that was and get you ready for, Next week's episode of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown with the, as we now find out, the number one contenders match between Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So, for our executive producer, Sean Garmer, my co-host, Brandon Biscabing, I'm Harry Broadhurst, thanking you for listening to the Wrestling to the Max 205 Live and Mixed Match Challenge reviews here on the W2M Network, available online at W2Mnet.com and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, such as iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, um, Podbean, CastBox, all of them. You can find us there. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next week with more of SmackDown 205 and the Mixed Match Challenge. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. This is New York firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Every day, a part of every sub you buy at Firehouse Subs helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. And now, for a limited time, they're introducing the Daily Sub Special. Every day, get a medium sub of the day for just $5.55. They kick it off with Meatball Monday and finish it off with Italian Sunday with something delicious every day in between for just $5.55. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Tap the banner now to learn more.